0: This podcast is brought to you by the GOSH Learning Academy. Hello and welcome to the first ever series of GOSH Pods Goes Green. Over the next six weeks on GOSH Pods, we will be focusing on the important issue of sustainability in healthcare. Looking at the issue of climate change and how healthcare practices are contributing to this emergency. Those who tuned in last week heard me talking to Nick Martin, the Head of Sustainability and Environmental Management at GOSH, about where GOSH is at the moment in terms of its sustainability and its ambitious target to be net zero in carbon emissions by 2030. Today, he's going to talk a bit more about how we're going to get there and about GOSH's plans for a more sustainable future. So in this second episode, we're going to move to talking a bit about our plans for the future. I know that many of these plans may not have been kind of finalised yet, but I was hoping you could give an overview of what GOSH does have planned in the short term and long term towards its net zero goal.
1: Yes. Uh, well, I suppose we've got some ongoing projects that will stretch out into the future. So a really interesting one that we're involved in at the moment actually stems from the Clean Air Framework and the Place that I mentioned. But it's about how we really transform Great Ormond Street. So calling it at the moment, Healthy Hospital Street, the idea, and we've created a concept design for what that might look like. It's a almost pedestrianized street, part of Great Ormond Street with greenery, with areas to play or spend time before people come into the hospital. And we've now got some funding from the charity to, to take that concept design to the next stage of detail. Involving a partnership with Camden Council, obviously they own the street with uh, some landscape designers and with various internal staff and local stakeholders. We will be creating in the next number of months, a really detailed design of, as to what that street might look like and how it might come into place along with the cancer center as a separate project, for after the cancer center is complete. So that's a healthy hospital street linking out really it's, I suppose, around environmental determinants of health be it air quality or be it the physical environment we're surrounded with, it brings stresses and strains and has those degrees of toxicity and different things. So we're going to want to be working more on those environmental determinants of health. And I think the Health Hospital Street is a really practical example that we can bring that together. We've got the cancer center as well, which will be being constructed over the next three, four, five years. And we're trying to make that as sustainable as possible. It's difficult, but we're using heat pump technology, which is exciting. That's very low carbon. We hope that will give us more insight into how we transfer that into the broader site, which we're going to need to do. That and other technologies to meet our targets there. We're looking at a really nice green roof, which again links, links into those broader environmental determinants. Baselining, which we're doing at the moment, understanding our current carbon baseline, really important to make the right decisions that we need to make. We're going to need to improve that, make it more granular as we go along. So that's happening and will continue happening in the future. We hope to have a really good portal a carbon portal of some sort that links to our building management system that allows us to sort of understand our data, create different scenarios benchmark where we're at against others. And yeah, so really visualize where we're at. The building management system, as I say, one of my colleagues, our energy manager has been putting together a business case for that, which we've had agreement on, so that will really be looking at the initial work that has to be done to get a new building management system in place. So we understand where we're using energy across the site. We're also creating some carbon reduction scenarios. So what would happen if. And we have scenarios to, to show our trajectory down to our targets, ultimately based on the amount you spend on different things, whether you do it in the right order. So moving away from our gas powered combined heat and power engine to, to heat pumps, for example, would have a big impact. There are many things that have to be done in between doing that that need to be planned. So the the reduction scenarios will paint a picture that we can discuss with the board and other teams of simply speaking how we get from A to B, what we'll have to do, what we'll have to spend. And so we're finishing that currently, and we hope to really expand on that over the next months and years and use it to to engage across the hospital and with our finance teams and others, maybe even with charity, how we can start to make the right decisions, commit to the right decisions to make the changes that we need to. We've got a new strategy that we're hoping to get agreed by the board soon, which will outline where we need to focus, and there'll be an action plan linked to that which again will be sort of almost allocating where in the hospital responsibility lies for this action, which links to this proportion of our emissions, which will take us a certain way towards meeting our target, for example. So a strategy and an action plan. And then underneath that, there'll be business cases and financial modeling and understanding of what we need to implement those things. And they will need, we hope to be taken on by different parts of the organization feeding into these business cases so we can start to do the practical things that we need to do to move forward to get to our targets. Yeah, lots of things, but I think the focus will be on the 2030 target and our estate. Of course, we we have a master plan for our estate where we outline all the building work, the construction, the changes that will be going on over the next uh, number of years. And it needs to be a target, net zero target needs to be integral to that plan. And we'll be refreshing that plan and we have to push on net zero and the targets to be integral to it.
0: One of the documents that I read when I was researching this was the Trust Sustainable Development Management Plan, which I think kind of formalizes a lot of the goals of the Trust and kind of divides it into 10 streams or 10 main objectives. Could you talk a bit more about the Sustainable Development Management Plan? Because I believe it's also due to be changing a bit in 2023 as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So so we're asked to create that by NHS England and now Greener NHS. It's now become something called a Green Plan. And we'll be changing the Sustainable Development Management Plan we currently have into a Green Plan in 2023. So a really be the update of all the work that we've been doing, where our current baseline is and our plans for the future for the next four years. So yeah, the SDMP let's call it was agreed by our board and it breaks into 10 areas. Those areas have slightly changed now, but they sort of really equate to the 10 green champions areas that there are working groups for. And it it broke down all the different types of activity we need to do. So we, to a degree, follow that. Lots of new projects that have emerged since as well, but it really, it allows us to make sure we are viewing things in a holistic way. Also, it has some perspectives to look at things from. So when you're looking at a project, you can say, what is the impact of this project? How do we get the most out of this project in terms of linking locally, reaching out to our local community, but also maybe sharing our knowledge more broadly, influencing the broader conversation. So sort of communications and reaching out. How can this project be enhanced by making sure that it's systematized, that it's put into our systems in the hospital and is not just a one-off? How can it be measured and monitored and also how it can be linked to health? So the SMP brought out those ideas as well. But I think it's probably not as active a document as it was because it's three and a half years in now, it needs updating. But really, I suppose it shows that there is a holistic approach to be taken to this uh, some, this project. It's not just about emissions. Although that will be a primary part of what we do, you know, it's also, it links to health. It links to, to our local community. It links to skills and training of staff. So it covers a number of things there, but yeah, we hope in the next six months to have that in place with our new strategy and action plan, which will be very practical, that will link into where, how this will be resourced, how this change will be resourced, who will take responsibility for it across the trust.
0: When I read the SDMP, one of the things, and you've kind of alluded to this already, actually, but one of the things that seems particularly important that comes up quite a lot is the need for GOSH to be able to work effectively with other organisations to be able to deliver a lot of the objectives in the plan. Who are the main organisations that GOSH is kind of currently having to collaborate with and who do you anticipate us collaborating with in the future?
1: Well, we... We have to collaborate with the local authority for a number of things. For example, the healthy hospital street idea. If we transform that street over the next number of years, it will have to be integrally tied to the local authority who will have to consult with us, et cetera. So our air quality work again is linked with Camden. Our our other work, we work with other trusts who are also doing incredible things. For example, we cycled, when we cycled to Glasgow, we did it with other trusts, with other colleagues, sustainability and other teams. And we, we subsequently share ideas and, and are more able to work together as a result of The bonds that you build through doing such things, the GLA, so regional bodies, We work with them to get our energy monitoring equipment in place. We work with them on the cancer center. We have information on their websites and we give them case studies. And there are private sector organizations we're working through with organizations that the charity work with. For example, consulting, strategy consultants, we're working with their teams. They have a pro-gono group of volunteers that choose projects they want to support and work on, so we're working with them around some of our baselining, that kind of work. so again, it's trying to get what we can out of projects with, yeah, relatively limited resource and getting different perspectives on how things can be done using different skills that are out there. With our Play Street, we work with local air quality activists, Bloomsbury Air, who are pushing for changes around air quality. And we work with them, with Coram's Field, with the Holborn Community Association. So I suppose there's a, there's different levels. We work with the WHO as well around the, the ride around their air quality work. So we trying to influence the United Nations around the rights of the child for clean air, for example, we've made some progress working with other organizations who are leading those sort of campaigns. So I suppose you're looking quite local level all the way up to quite high level. And then with your sort of statutory responsibilities within that as well. I think we need to be creative. We need to get these things done. We'll need to bring in skills, create partnerships, and especially through how we might like work with the charity going forward, that they have lots of partners who I think we can form closer ties and bonds with. As the journey to t- sort of 2030 becomes more and more pressing and more and more integral to the decisions the organization makes, it would be a great opportunity for organizations to partner with us to, to help contribute to that. Because of course, the whole NHS needs to do this as does society, so it's beneficial for organizations to learn these skills, practice them in a real setting, get results, and then maybe be able to use them somewhere else as well. We will also need to work with our supply chain. Organizations, large and or small, that we currently work with will need to be working with them, tens and hundreds of organizations to, to ensure that they're keeping an eye on what they're doing in terms of their environmental footprint. And that presents a significant opportunity for suppliers to to work with GOSH, but to work with other NHS organisations because they'll all be expecting these types of change.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of learning from other organisations or institutions, are there any other organisations out there, healthcare, public sector, private sector, otherwise, who are, in your opinion, already doing some of the things that we aim to do in our SDMP really well? And what can we learn from these institutions?
1: Well, I think there are a lot out there doing incredible things. I think some of the hospitals, the trusts are doing really good things. Manchester and Newcastle are doing fantastic things they're real leaders Bristol and others we do meet every quarter and have a a catch-up with my peers there and that's always really valuable and what they do for example in Newcastle they link with their local authority I think their target is always linked with their local authority and they're, they're yeah really well interconnected it's slightly different up there because we obviously have lots of different boroughs and things like that so it is different but they're doing fantastic things. So we're trying to learn from our peers. And I think we could do more of that. I think in the private sector, so how they, I suppose, monitor, measure, report their progress. It be- can become all about reporting, which is a job in itself, which I don't think we want to do, but we can certainly, and we're trying to advance in that respect, especially around our baselining of our emissions. So there are things that they can do, it has to be changed for the health sector, but things we. We can work with more with some of the expertise that's out there, some of the accounting work that goes on, carbon accounting and things. There may be ways we can integrate that. Some technologies and data visualization, those sorts of things we're hoping to work with, we're speaking with DRIVE at the moment, but there may be other partnerships there. I think, as we say, local community groups can input. I think that's going to be very important to understand there how we engage staff will be really valuable there's advice and experience and learning out there how that's been done really well i'm sure there are lots of other things too which will come to meet.
0: thank you that's been a really great overview of where we are currently in terms of our kind of current carbon footprint at gosh and our plans to where we want to be so the kind of road to net zero by 2030 so nick's next- For anybody listening who wants to find out more about some of the sustainability projects at GOSH, either past, present or future, is there anywhere that they can go to find out more?
1: Yeah, the intranet has some of our, I suppose, main documents. They're really maybe worth a read. There's some information on there also around, for example, active travel, really practical options there for some training or where you might want to purchase a bike, a bike or a new bike or how you plan your route, what kit you might need, how you do those sorts of things. There's air quality information as well. And as I say, links to some of our documents, the short version of our Sustainable Development Management Plan, for example. We have a link. You can go to complete a, a short form, which will bring you on to our Green Champions group. You might suggest on that which group you might want to join. There's other information there. So that's joining the Green Champions program to work. That would be really valuable. And it's a chance to work with other staff who are, you know, passionate about this and working on it in particular areas could be around digital transformation. For example, we have a really good group working on sustainability and digital transformation. We've got a behaviors, environmental behaviors sort of app you can download from the app store, Chia for Gosh, I think you can find it on the app store. And that's designed with input from our young people, from the young person's forum input from staff and lots of activities and actions on that you can do on your phone or on your computer, do them at home and link. Some of them and are linked into activities at work and you score points. You have a leaderboard and you can get a prize for being the top of the list. And there are some staff in there that are always top. So I think we need to get some more people involved there, but that's great. It's called Cheer, the Children's Climate Health Emergency Response. And they're active travel, as I said, lots on there around that. We've got some training courses on the, the GOSH Den, I think a five-week training program, which is really good, really interactive. you just watch the videos, you can stop it as you go along. But it really broadens out the impacts around food, around all sorts of different things that are key to our everyday lives and some lots of interesting information, ways of thinking about things on the training. So that's um, Aim High training. And, and it's worth looking at how clean our framework and our SDMP. Some of the videos, we've done some videos of some of the presentations we've done, really consolidate some of the activity we've been up to. Some of the Ride for Their Lives information is really quite good, quite inspiring. Some good photos and videos on there. But yeah, I think if you're really keen to get involved, I think sign up to become a Green Champion and get involved in one of the six or seven really active groups we have at the moment and some others that we need some help kickstarting.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me across these two episodes about sustainability at GOSH and some of the really exciting projects that have either been completed or that are ongoing at the moment. It's been really fascinating. And I hope it does inspire some people listening to think a bit more about sustainability at work and even think about the option of becoming a green champion.
1: No problem. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of GOSH Pods Goes Green. We hope you can join us again next week. In the final two episodes of this first series, I'm going to be interviewing two of GOSH's Green Champions, staff members working at GOSH who are passionate about sustainability and embedding it in their day-to-day practice. They're going to be talking to me about some of the recent projects they've completed at GOSH, providing some real-life examples of how small changes can be helpful on the road to bigger change. The team at the GOSH Learning Academy would love to get your feedback on the episode, as well as hear your suggestions for future topics you'd like to hear on GOSH Pods. You can find a link to the feedback survey in the description for the episode. If you want to hear more about the work of the GOSH Learning Academy, you can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. Or you can visit our website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy. Thanks for listening to GOSH Pods and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.